Welcome to the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, where amazing things happen. Our goal is to help build, repair, and restore healthy relationships. Our primary focus is on the marriage relationship. However, the topics are applicable to the relationships that we value most. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow. Have you ever looked at somebody's bio and you just said, yeah, I have. That's how I felt when I looked at Sharita Lovelace's bio. Why is that? I just said, wow. <laughs> because she's such a humble person. Right. And she's just so laid back. But on paper, she's like the bomb.com. She was a beauty queen. She is a college graduate with a degree in dance. She is an apostle. She works for the city in the justice system. She has a a book that she's written she actually teaches worship arts man to, i'm tired i know That's but awesome. it's like a refreshing tire and so without further ado we would like to introduce you to this amazing wonderful humble powerhouse in this perfect little quiet gift sharita lovelace welcome to the show sharita oh thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure and i'm honored <laughs> Well, we are honored to have you. So I have to interrupt before. She said y'all met y'all met in between a cookie or a, co- <laughs> no. a cookie. So, so how do you remember it? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I had some friends in town for actually my birthday weekend about a year ago. And we went to a place that I had begun to frequent that uh, was part of natural care for the body, mind, and soul. Basically, I'll say that without saying names. Eat Fresh. You're at Fresh, yep. And I, we passed by her table, and I think I came back to the table because I was just drawn to the table, and I was drawn to this radiant spirit, which was Renee, on the other side of the table and sharing about her product. And I remember we got some um, samples, and we got, um, I think, uh, one of the books. I think two of my friends bought the books, and. I was just kept saying, oh my gosh, she has to be on my show. She has to be on my show. And it just took off from there. It just took off from there. Yeah. And I think I was this, you were at the, was this a setup that we had at the show or you were just. Yeah. I was one of the vendors there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You were there. That's right. That's right. It was there too. (laughs) And so we actually got to meet and you actually had us on our show, had me on your show. Right. It's, it's nice when you meet people and there is a consistency in their character and their temperament and their disposition. Mm. And Sharita, I have to say that you are probably the calmest, joyfulest spirit I have met in media. (laughs) And it's so nice and refreshing. And you you encourage and inspire me to continue to do the things we're doing. And Mm. so when you ask us to be on your show, I felt that it was only appropriate that, because a lot of times when you're interviewing people, you don't get to get interviewed. So I want to ask right. you, what is it like to be on the other side of the, of the mic? Um, you know, it, um, it lets me get a sense of what people feel when I interview them without mm-hmm. them knowing what's going to come up. Um, but, but on the other end, it's a place where I think God begins to unravel me and who I am. And I think being able to have the opportunity to be on this side of hosting a show Um, allows me to really dig in deep into who I am, making sure that I stay consistent with, you know, who I say I am and who God called me to be, not only for myself, but for the platform that he's given me to serve. 
Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a healthy thing um, because so many times we're so involved and engulfed in everybody else's lives. And we have to remember that part of what we do in ministry is self-care. And that means turning the mic off of somebody else and putting it on yourself to make sure that you're still walking in the will and the purpose of God for what you do for the kingdom. Right. And, and I have an actual a two-part question for you. Yeah. So as it relates to the triumphant, your show, and actually I know it's a, it's a unique title and it's a unique name for a show, yeah. which I'm sure it's probably connected to a reason. So yeah. can you go into the fact of your show and how it came about and and in in connection with telling people a little bit about your backstory and how it was created through you? Yeah, awesome. I, I love that question because um it allows people to really identify that it's not really just a name, but it's really a purpose. When I was first approached about taking my ministry to a media platform, and I was asked about what would I call it, I began to reflect literally on my life and what I had been through. And it, it dawned on me immediately how I've gone from trauma to triumph, how despite a lot of hardships, despite trials, tribulation, God has still been victorious in my life. Immediately I said, you know, this has to be called the triumphant show where victory repeats itself because I believe that people forget that even if you're going through a trial or a traumatic experience or a situation, if you believe in the word of God and the power of the word of God, victory is going to come back again. Even when you can't see it, even when it doesn't look like it, it's going to come back. And so um, God, you know, I promised the Lord that if, if I moved forward in this platform, that I would not compromise it with just being something for media or radio or TV, but that I would use it to not only help somebody voice their life from trial to triumph, but also to be a platform where people can receive impartation that are just listeners or viewers to uh, receive a nugget that will impact their life no matter what they're going through. And so I try to take every guest that comes on and pull something from their story that I can impart back to the people that listen and watch so that they can receive a nugget of triumph no matter where they are, no matter what the the situation is. So it, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone in the church. It might be someone that plays sports or a, an artist. What can we pull from that person or that organization or that ministry that may have been a little bit shaky or wobbly as it was created or may have been a little bit deteriorating during its initial years, but look at it now. It's gone from a place of a trial or, tra or trauma into a victorious place. And um, I just believe that that's how God works with us and we forget that. And so for me, it, it's easy to talk about in terms of that having that topic as my show because I've spent a lot of years, you know, in my life, you know, going through a lot of ups and downs. Um, I've been uh, in domestic violence situations, not, not just once, but multiple times. It was almost as if that type of spirit would follow me. And um, I had to figure out how to still get out of those situations and still maintain my sanity. And I realized when I look back over those situations that even when it hurt, even when it didn't feel good, even when there was an instance where somebody had to question if it was going on, even when I didn't want to tell anybody, you know, even when, um, you know, I was in pain going to work, that God still me brought, brought me to a place of victory and brought me to a place that was better 
than I expected when he pulled me out of the situation. Um, and and just, just watching how when you go through domestic violence at such an early age, and you've experienced it before, how it has a, it weighs on your mental, on your emotional, on your physical, but yet God still sustained me somehow. He kept me in my right mind and I can't believe it. You know, I should be locked up in some type of, you know, hospital or home now based off of what I've been through. And so I think that it also confirmed that God had a purpose for my life, you know, not only just in ministry, but also to be able to at one day, which is I'm in that season now, to be able to share nuggets of those stories and those situations to help other women, um, which of course brought about my women's ministry back in 2014, but to also be that voice, because at the time that I went through things, not only in my personal life, you know, even growing in ministry, trying to find that ministerial woman or that person who's called that can really walk me through how to walk as a woman of God, still dealing with the, the pressures of the world or as a single woman. And so all of those things that I've been through have actually been something that I, I can audit, look back on and say, you know what, I didn't get this or nobody helped me here or I felt alone here or it's, this situation was isolated there. But I promised the Lord that if I had that opportunity to be able to help and bless another woman, or another man or a family or a group of people or women that I would do what I can to give them something tangible, something that they could relate to, to help them come out of the situation. I can throw you a scripture all day, but if you don't understand how to That's walk right. in that scripture and activate that scripture, if you don't understand the power and the authority of that scripture, then I'm still dealing you a disservice. I can pick you up on Monday, but if I drop you on Tuesday, I'm still doing you a disservice. And so a lot of our women that go through torment, our families and, and our, our history and our generational curses, because people are not staying consistent and walking people through their freedom, we still hold these different spiritual bondages and yokes, and we move those into relationships. We move those into our workplace, and, and then it becomes difficult for us to marry or, or to have friendships or, or whatever, or to do ministry in an authentic way. And so I've learned so much of this because I guess God chose me to go through it. And so as a result, I feel honored to be able to help others out, to speak to them about my experiences, to share specific ways just to make it through. And, um, you know, so that just becomes a part of my testimony from trial to triumph. And so when people come on that show, I, I want that spirit to, to rest there, that, you know, triumphant is your portion that is your plate today and not only did my guests experience that but prayerfully the people that watch my show and, and see the show or hear the show that they'll receive that as well and that's how it came about you know what i love about what you say is when you talk about how there's been difficult things you've gone through what would you say was your lowest time in a relationship and what would you say that the lord gave you to help you overcome that? Um, I think the lowest time um, was probably when I was in college getting my undergraduate degree. And um, I still was wavering in my walk with the Lord and kind of, you know, hanging around with the wrong people. And at that time I was dating um, at that time who wasn't right for me. And um, I think that that was my first experience of 
going through something so violent. Um, and <clears throat> I think at that time, because God kept sending people around me to tell me what God wanted to do with me, even though I was in a place of bondage, I could still hear what people were telling me what God was going to do with me. So here I am in a bad situation, needing to get out my first time, not wanting to tell anybody. But then whether these people were at church, whether it was my dance teacher in school that would say, oh my gosh, I can see you, you know, having your own company. Just those little nuggets God was sending my way, I held on to. And um, I made a decision and it had to be with the help of, help of God that I wasn't going to allow myself to stay there. That if I went into any relationship, situation, group, organization that made me feel a certain way or caused me hurt or embarrassment to where I couldn't be free, I had to figure out what I could do to get out. And so those nuggets from those different people are one thing that I held on to. But, you know, I grew up in the church. So my parents had me growing up in the church since I was a, a young child. And so I knew really right from wrong. I knew how to pray. I still knew um, how to talk to God. I still knew how to call on the name of the Lord, you know, even when I had just experienced something traumatic. Um, and I feel like because I still had that coming out of my mouth that I was dispatching angels. And so it helped me. When it happened again years later, and I was a little bit more mature and, and kind of still wondering, okay, why is this coming back at me again? I knew the signs and I knew again that it was something I did not want to spend my life in because I was grabbing hold on to those messages and those nuggets that people were saying, even though I didn't see it yet, I didn't see right. it yet, but I was grabbing hold of these things that they were saying, do you know you have a call on your, not, your life? Do you know the Lord wants to do this? Do you know I can see you doing that? You know, all these things. So it's like you have good and evil in your ear. Wow, Sharita. I love your transparency. And I love how even with all the things that would be a display of splendor, you're not ashamed of the things that are a part of your story that could be less attractive. So what I would like to ask you is that how would you approach a gentleman that you're dating? What would be some of the things you would tell someone who is dating a woman who has gone through trauma? What would be something you would tell him to help him to better understand all of the um, dynamics. dynamics of what that entails? Yeah, I love that question. And it's, it's something that I would, of course, definitely not only tell someone else, but I, I use for myself as well. But um, the first thing I always say is that um, I follow you as you follow Christ. Um, because when you've gone through storms of any kind, whether it's trauma, whether it's domestic violence, whether it's issues at home, whether it's other types of abuse, whether it's just emotional or psychological, and when you bring someone in your life for a lifetime partnership, that foundation will stand if it's built on the heart of God. And so yeah. I would really encourage someone, and of course, as I speak for myself, that, hey, okay, first of all, as long as you're following Christ, I'm following you. Because that means that that gentleman is going to, you know, make it his, you know, obligation to stay in the will of the Lord and to, you know, just to be in prayer and worship Christ and take on the characteristics, um, how Christ loves the church. That's how he'll love his woman, his wife, you know. Amen. And so when those, those elements are missing, um, you run into relationships that 
are very rocky. It does not mean that there's going to be trials or, you know, things that come your way in a relationship, but it means that if you have that fellowship in Christ, you're going to be able to grab hold of knowledge, which is the word of God, be able to rectify, fix, and restore that situation according to the will of God. And so that would be one thing. Another thing I would share, um, would be just having a lot of constant communication because people, um, especially women, you know, when we've gone through um, trauma um, in our lives, in our past, et cetera, there's sometimes those scars that are left behind. And those scars uh, uh, doesn't mean that it's an open wound, but it's almost a reminder of what you've been through and you can celebrate, you know, the victory of Christ. But at the same time, you know, there could be a situation, a circumstance or a way a gentleman may speak to intonation Mm -hmm. uh, the tone speak to in terms of certain words that might be belittling or just how they communicate with a woman. Sometimes you have to be a little bit more cautious. That's yeah. the same way you would be cautious if you were, you know, dealing with someone who has a disability. You use or PTSD or PTSD. Yes. Um, it's all the same thing. And so we can't walk in the definition of the world and think that because somebody has had traumatic experiences that they're no longer valuable or capable enough to go into a relationship. We just have to use other measures, tactics, and other, uh, other resources um, and equipment that the Lord gives us and that the Lord will give that man in order to continue to have a solid and strong relationship. And then the last thing I would share definitely with um, not only somebody else, but even for myself, is patience. It's just so key. Amen. Having, you know, that that heart of patience, having that that heart just to kind of allow someone to go through um, their their emotions, if there is a moment of emotion, allowing someone to um, go through that period of, of, you know, reflection if they have to, because maybe something triggered something. But having the patience and being being able to have that relationship so strong with God that they'll be able to hear how to move forward. I believe God will give a man a strategy of how to treat a woman where she's at. I, I don't believe that God would just throw us anybody. I believe that God will bring us someone that's fit for us if we heed to the will of God and we're patient and we stay in communication with him. So that's not just for the woman and those of us that have been through, but it's also for the man as well, because there could be a man who has never experienced a woman in trauma and God leads him to her and he's he, he he will think that it is a big responsibility if he's not in the will of God. You know, right. he, it, he will. Please. No, no, that was great that what you were just saying. One of the things that came to my mind, because you're addressing it from the man's side also and giving them the tools that they can look at and be be conscious of as they're relating to someone that may have had some type of traumatic event that has happened. How would you uh, or if I could ask when will be a good time to kind of bring it up, even if you're at what stage in the relationship? You know, I know there are some ground rules and some mm. things that you may want to establish, but how soon would you say and how open would you say you would want to share some of those deeper wounds that you mentioned with that person that you're maybe dating or just starting to date, you know, without it being overwhelming? What would you say based on some of your experiences and things that you've seen or heard in the past? I love that question. <laughs> I really do because <clears throat> it's something that I've thought about before um, on several occasions. And, you know, I don't go right into sharing my whole life story. Um, right. You know, I feel like God will give me the time when it's right, when he feels that this person's going to 
be someone that is going to stick around for a period of time or when um, God has shown me um, the, the spirit that's connected in what we have started. Um, and so the time length varies, but I don't go right into sharing or letting a gentleman really come into my personal space or all of my history until I know their intent and their motive and they can vocalize that and we can slowly get into it. What happens is when you begin to have conversations with one another, you, you slowly have conversations and those conversations build. And as the conversations build, they get stronger and deeper depending on the motive and the focus of where the two people are trying to go. And so for my experience, there's stuff that I've never shared or have had to share because after, you know, a few weeks time, I'm just like, oh, nah, they're, they're not for me. <laughs> I'm good. See you later. You know, yeah. you, you know, my name, you know, I'm on Facebook, you know, I'm a woman of God. Okay, great. Right. <laughs> that's it. Right. But, and that's um, enough. <laughs> and that's enough. <laughs> but there's some that you, um, in, including the person that's connected in my life now, you know, where um, those things didn't come up until later down until we understood what we were both looking for and what we thought um, or where we both, you know, had the desire to do together. And again, those conversations that we had because we were in so much communication on a regular basis, they just happened to grow. And God really open the door for that right time and moment to begin to slowly discuss some of those things um, about it. And you will find that people that are not really in tune with your heart or can't see your heart with God, et cetera, they may treat it differently than those who um, are or are not. You know, it just depends, you know, just if somebody is really connected in the spirit and they really want to get to know who you are, and they know who you are in the now, not the past. If they know that this is what God has presented before them, those are not deal breakers. Those are, you know, wow, I'm sorry you went through that. I'm glad you're healed and I'm glad you're blessing other people with your testimony. That's really kind of where we are and where I would like people to keep going to versus, wow, I've never been through that. Oh, I hope I don't have to experience that. Well, then those are some red flags you kind of have to look at because you have to, you have to figure out is that person stable or strong enough to know that you've had a past situation or know that you've had somebody that has maybe been violent with you before. Um, so some people take it stronger than other people's. I, I haven't really had a problem in terms of if I've had to go into a little detail about, it. and of course my testimony, some of it is already um, out there, um, but I do encourage people to be led by the Holy Spirit when they're discussing things in their past, their personal life, because not everybody can handle your pain. Not everybody can handle your past and they will take it and they'll judge you by it versus thinking that that was realizing that that was just something that you went through. But again, it's the same with having a disability, PTSD, yeah. you know, and so many yeah. other things that, that we suffer from in the world. Well, you know, I think about two of the things that you said. One thing is being transparent. And I think that yeah. that is so important that we are transparent with God and with the people closest to us. But then the second thing I heard you say was, don't become intimate in the beginning. Absolutely. Take Absolutely. time to get to know someone before you become intimate. And so I, I listened to you and what I'm hearing, if we were talking to someone who hasn't yeah. even started dating yet, right. we need to come up with some framework that we can use as safeguards to protect us from being in relationships that can be abusive physically right. spiritually and emotionally 
Give me right. three signs that you would share with a young woman or a young man to be aware of when you're in the dating phase phases. Um, one thing I've noticed that some of the people and, and, you know, I was a former parole officer years back. And so some of the gentlemen that were on my caseload that had had served time that included domestic violence, some of the stuff that we dealt with them cognitively on was one is quick frustration, mm. quickly frustrated over even small things, you know, and that frustration can lead to anger, um, just frustrated over anything, or I can't believe they're late or how come Kroger doesn't have the ice cream that I want and mm. they're holding on to those frustrations and it could be the next day. Um, that, that's kind of when it, when it doesn't really matter when it's something material, when it's not really that big of an issue, that, that's kind of a sign that, okay, that that's a red flag. Um, right. You know, the other thing I've noticed is that when they really don't have any interest in knowing a, a lot about you, they want you to know about them, the yes. wholeness of, of who they are. And they, they don't really have the capacity or the desire to go into a lot of detail about you because they already have their motive and agenda that I just need someone to control. Right. Um, you know, when they don't really have any desire to bring you, bring you around anybody to, um, you know, whether it be family, friends, whether it's ministry, whether it's church, when there's, you know, they're just kind of keeping you back for a period of time, isolation, um, mm -hmm. because they know if people know that you're connected, um, and they, you know, something comes up, people, people will know that they need to go to him or, or her. It could be vice versa. Exactly. Um, so I think those are some of the signs, you know, um, and wanting to kind of know every little step to the person has no break. When you're first meeting up and meeting out with someone, you have to still kind of have your life and have your break and have your space and, and, you know, still have those times when you come together to talk and check on your day, et cetera. But when they get... So, um, I guess, uh, you know, I need to know every single thing very early on those signs of control. Those are red flags. They're yes. definitely red flags. Um, yeah. and, and just, just having instability in their own life is also signs of possible, you know, abuse or violence that could develop because a lot of times we hear even statistically women and or men, when you're not stable, especially a male financially or in your life, you know, th there's a tendency to be a little bit more frustration because they, they want to have that stability, that knowing. Right. And so some men can't really handle that very well. So they take out those frustrations on whoever or whatever is the closest things to them. If it's not a person, then it can turn into drugs, alcohol or other um, so those are some things that I would look out for and be cautious of. And when you see those red signs, red flags, you don't really have to stay for a lot more red flags. You know, yes. I think, so, no, yes, please. I'm sorry. So the four things I heard you say was the first one, they're short tempered. Mm -hmm. The second yep, one is yeah. that they want to know where you are and your whereabouts, but they don't really want to know you. Right. Right. And the other one that you said was that, they only want to talk about themselves. They don't want to talk about you. They just want to control you. Right, right. And they so, have no interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you think about those things. And so those are just some obvious indicators right. that maybe we should proceed with caution and mm -hmm. maybe we should kind of pull back. Pull back. Right, know? absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you can even hear it again. We talk about vocabulary, how 
what, how do they use to address you and speak to you? What words do they use, you know, and is it consistent or is it inconsistent? Are they consistently showing you love? Or are they inconsistent? One day they're showing you love and one day they're like, why, why you always act like that? Why you, you know, that kind right. of, you know, that vocabulary and the way, you know, that interchange of dialogue is, a, is also definitely a sign. Right. And so while we've been having a, a great conversation on the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, we're talking to Sharita Lovelace, and we've been touching on a lot of different subjects during this show, but I have a, a lighter type of question for you. Mm-hmm. Based on all the things I know you talked about, your, your dance background and your praise and worship background and your ministry and the writing and the conferences, did you ever see your career or your life going this direction when you were earlier in your career or just starting out after you finished your dance program? Yeah, absolutely not. You know, right. You know, I think um, God allowed certain things to happen for me. And I think he still covered me. And I think it was just to get me ready to, um, be able to share and bless other women who don't have someone to be transparent, real, or tangible with them to pull them out of a situation or to talk them through or to say, not just me too, but talk about it and really connect, you know? Um, And and especially in a Christian type of way versus just whatever the world accepts. And so I think that's a reason because I I just thought I was just going to continue to travel and dance and I had fun with that. I had fun, you know, teaching right. at churches and going to workshops and doing church conferences, et cetera. And we did that for um, over a decade. And so, wow. um, you know, God just, I guess at a certain time shifted my platform and, you know, unbeknownst to me, and it just seemed to fit in like a puzzle to the rest of my life. And I just give God the praise and the glory because, I mean, he has just saved my life over and over again. He's just brought me so much victory, um, you know, and even when times when it felt like I was in an isolated situation or when people misunderstood who I was or misrepresented me as a woman of God, God still gave me the victory. And Amen. I have a saying that I always use, um, and, and I haven't written it as much as I used to, but I always say, God always wins. I don't yes, care who you are, male or female what you go through, how you deal with the person, talk about the male or female, God always wins. His word prevails. And I, and I believe that because I made a vow to God that I was going to stay consistent the best I could uh, with following the will that he had for my life. And even when I have fallen or have, um, you know, haven't done it right or, or messed up something or did something one way and I should have did another, I still got back, uh, repented and, and really, you know, continued to cry out to God and worship God um, because I know he's a God of mercy and grace. And so um, I I did not expect it, but I tell you, it has grown me up in more ways imaginable. And I just thank God for my life. And we thank God for your life and we thank God for your willingness (laughs) to share and be transparent and to share the, the, the wins and the loses, yeah. the highs and the lows. And I just think about the scripture says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff will comfort me. And so I think that God can use our pain and our struggles to comfort people if we would stop being so worried about what they think of us. Because it's really his story. It's history, it's his story. And he's using all of us 
to share it with people who are hurt and broken and lost. And so I love the beauty of your transparency. I love the beauty of your gentle intelligence and the way that you allow what you've gone through to make you approachable and touchable and reachable. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I think that's what I want in return. So I try. I think I, I try to. I try to get that. So I, I really embrace and, and humbly appreciate that because, um, you know, no one's perfect, and we so we are so quick to give up on people. And yes. I said, God, you've never given up on me, and just surround me with people that will never give up on me. You know, because life doesn't, you know, always throw roses. Sometimes there's tough days, and so that's I just right. thank God for who He surrounded me by that that are still there with me. So yeah. we have really appreciated your time and, and yeah. we thank you for, and, and just to be transparent, as you just said, we didn't have so many technical difficulties. Yes. During this so I know this, this so, show is going to bless some come people. Come on. Amen. <laughs> so Amen. We, so if somebody wanted to get in touch with you or get hooked up with you, can you give us all of your contact info that people can find you and, and, and just follow you or everything about Absolutely. what Sharita Lovelace is doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I can be um, located on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And it's under Sharita Lovelace. Facebook, I do have two pages. One is Sharita Lovelace. The other is Sharita Lovelace Ministries. Um, It's just Sharita Lovelace on Instagram and Twitter. And I can be, of course, contacted there through Messenger. Uh, My website is www.sharitalovelace.com which has contact information. And there's also where you can contact me or or send a message as well, including a phone number um, on the website. But definitely I respond quickly to um, social media or email, which is sharitalovelace at gmail.com. Just my name at gmail.com. And so I am very open and willing to connect people and of course, continuing to you know, speak at conferences or or whatever the need is for those of um, you out there. And so it it will be an honor. And I just think, again, that we overcome by the word of our testimony. Um, And I just believe that God will continue to set people free through what he has done in my life. And it's so funny, as we're standing here, I'm looking at the word love lace. And I think about Mm -hmm. love with holes in it because it's not perfect and fragile and broken. (laughs) And so I thank you for your love with holes in it. Not Amen. that it's not perfect to God, but it's 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 perfect because it's been broken and it's been hurt yes. and wounded. So I love that you still don't love like you've been hurt. And I Amen. just pray that God continues mm. to bring people into your life that can really add value to who God has called you to be. And that as you continue to walk in his purpose and his plan, he will continue to make us all get better and stronger because we are stronger together. Amen. Thank you so Amen. much. And thank you again for coming on the show and hanging out with us. Yes. My we pleasure. Love I love you guys. Thank you so much. It was an honor. I love you. <laughs> remember, everybody, on the Gil- Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, we are stronger together. Let's grow. Gil and Renee Beaver's over 30-year relationship is the genesis for the Rich Relationship Podcast, which is designed to empower individuals with the tools, principles, and the community needed to unpack ourselves, our past, and our preconceived notions associated with relationships. Let's get empty and grow together so that our lives will be filled with love and healthy, rich relationships. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your investment in time. Remember to subscribe to the show and hit the notification icon to be notified when new episodes are posted on the podcast platform that you're listening from. 
or you can always find us on our website at richrelationshipsus.com or our YouTube channel, Rich Relationships with Gil Renee. If you found this podcast helpful or you think it could help someone that you know and care about, please pass it along and share it with them. And also, you can always send your questions and comments to richrelationships.us at gmail.com. This is a weekly podcast, and the new episodes are going to be posted on Monday by 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow!